Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to Health Styles. This is Lori Banks. Well, it's October, the leaves are turning, and the holidays are just around the corner. October is also Breast Cancer Awareness Month, a time to celebrate survivors, support our cancer warriors, and remember those who lost their battle. It's also a reminder for women to get their annual mammogram. In today's podcast, we'll visit with three people who play a key role in the detection and diagnosis of breast cancer here at Sarah Bush Lincoln. We start with Cindy Beasley, Diagnostic Imaging Patient Navigator. She will share her 20 years of insight on mammograms and how she helps patients who are called back for additional testing, which may include an ultrasound, MRI, or biopsy. Then we'll talk with Dr. Joshua Garrett. He's a radiologist. He not only reads mammograms, but also performs biopsies. We'll learn more about what abnormalities on a mammogram warrant a closer look and when a biopsy is called for. Finally, we'll head over to the Sarah Bush Lincoln Regional Cancer Center to meet up with Jane Weaver, nurse navigator. Jane plays an important role for those patients who have been diagnosed with cancer. Her job is to help them understand their diagnosis, treatment plan, and what additional services are available. This team of medical professionals work together to help make the process of screening, diagnosis, and treatment of breast cancer as seamless as possible in what can be a very stressful and uncertain time for patients. We'll be right back with our conversations after this. No one is ever quite prepared for what it's like to have cancer. You wonder what's next and who gives the best chance to beat it. That place? The Sarah Bush Lincoln Regional Cancer Center. Working together to bring you the best in technology and extraordinary patient care. Our team gives you a whole new outlook on the fight against cancer. Sarah Bush Lincoln, trusted, compassionate care, right here, close to home. Cindy Beasley, Diagnostic Imaging Patient Navigator, joins me now from the Women's Imaging Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. Cindy, for people who are not familiar with this area in the hospital, can you tell us a little bit more about what happens here? Um, So this is mainly the mammography department. Um, Here we do mammography, we do breast ultrasound, and then we do bone density or DEXA scans. Um, That's kind of goes along with women's health, so those are the things we do in our area. Um, We do screening mammograms, diagnostic mammograms, and then, like I said, diagnostic breast ultrasounds that go with it as well. I didn't know that there were three different types. Can you explain the three different types? Yeah, so a screening mammogram is just your normal yearly routine mammogram. It means you have no symptoms, no problems. Um, You're just having your mammogram to check for um, early stages of breast cancer. We want to screen you Mm -hmm. every year. Um, And then a diagnostic mammogram is when you have a symptom, if you have a problem. So say a patient has a lump, they come for a diagnostic mammogram. It's basically the same imaging. The difference is just in the fact that um, a screening mammogram, the doctors look at it a little bit later on in the day, they compare it to your previous and they read it. Um, A diagnostic, the patient waits while we show it to the radiologist. So the radiologist reads it. If there's an issue, if there's another picture that needs to be done, we do it right then. If the patient then needs to have an ultrasound of the breast, we can also do it right then. So the patient usually comes one time um, and is able to get their answer and they get their result before they leave. All right. So let's talk real quick about screening mammograms. What age should we get them and how often? So the guidelines basically is to start at age 40 and you get them yearly. 
pretty much for the rest of your life. <laughs> you get them yearly. Um, you can have like a baseline around age 35, mm -hmm. but unless you have a very strong family history at a young age, then you would start yearly at 40. So I know you've been in diagnostic imaging for a while. Has the process of getting a mammogram, has it changed through the years? So I've been doing mammography for probably a little over 21 years and it's changed a lot. Um, it used to be, for, it started out, it was on film. So when you came for your mammogram, you were here a long time because the tech would take a picture, they'd go in the dark room, develop it. Um, now everything's digital, so we see the image pop up immediately. So if we know if we you know didn't get all of the breast on the picture or if it, if it's blurry, anything like that, we know right away and we just do it again. So that makes it quicker. Um, the paddles used to be just one straight rigid paddle. It just went straight down on your breast and it just compressed the entire thing the same, um, you know, until you couldn't take it anymore, basically. Now the paddles are flexible. So um, what that means is the thicker part of your breast hits the paddle first and then the paddle flexes with your breast. So in order for us to get all of the breast tissue compressed, we don't have to go as tight on the thicker part. Um, we're able to do it a little more uniform where you don't feel it quite as tight. And also the imaging is better to where, um, you know, if you can't tolerate the compression, you tell your tech, oh, that's enough, and they stop. Um, and it's not our goal to do a mammogram to the point where you'll never come back because it hurts so much. Our goal is to make get the best imaging possible, but make it as comfortable as possible so that you still do come back every year and have your mammogram. And all of the mammograms that are done at Cerebrus Lincoln are all 3D, correct? Correct, yes. And actually on our mobile van, we also have the exact same machine out there. So they are all 3D on the van as well. Okay, all right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your role as a patient navigator. What, at what, what do you do and at what point does a patient work with you? So basically, I kind of help the patients um, get through all the scheduling process and explaining the procedures once they hit the diagnostic part of a mammogram. So if they have a screening mammogram, and let's say the radiologist looks at it and says, I really think this patient needs some additional imaging, we need to check a certain area of their breast. So I call the doctor's office and get the order to do that. And then I call the patient and I schedule the patient. So that's just so the patient doesn't have two or three different people calling them, telling them different things, trying to make all these phone calls to get them scheduled. Um, when we get the order from the doctor, we always get the okay to go ahead and do any additional imaging that needs done, as well as a biopsy if it needs done. Therefore, when the patient comes back, they get everything done that needs to, to be done. And if they need a biopsy, we generally do it the same day. There's a few instances where we can't do it the same day, but most of the time we will. Um, so the patient gets a result. If everything turns out fine, they know that when they leave here. If they have to have the biopsy, they know that you know the biopsy will be done and the result will be to their doctor fairly quick. So then after the scheduling part of it, let's say the patient does need a biopsy the day they come in. So I go in and go over the consent with them. Uh, the radiologists and the technologists already have explained the procedure, but we go over that again. And sometimes they think of a question or they want to talk, you know, ask a question to me rather than the radiologist. And so we go over that. Um, I set up the biopsy tray, so I help the doctor with the actual biopsy, and then afterwards give the patient the post-op um, instructions, get them cleaned up, put some ice on their breast, that type of thing. And then I kind of watch the results 
in the background. I'm not able to give patient results to them, but I am able to kind of hound their doctor and make sure that they do <laughs> see the results. When it's a Sarah Bush provider, they see it right away. And our pathologists are excellent. And they generally call the physician or the um, at least the nurse and let them know if it is a positive case. But if when it's not a Sarah Bush doctor, then I make sure that they see that path report. I get it printed off as soon as possible and fax it to them and call them and say, hey, you know, this reports facts, the patient is expecting a phone call with the result from you. So just kind of make sure that they get followed up and nothing falls through the cracks. What sort of, I guess from a radiologist point of view, or when they look at that, that image would have them say, oh, we need, is it, is it a, a spot, a speck, a bump? Yeah, there's several different things. So if a patient's never had a mammogram before, it's a little more common for them to say, oh, let's check out this area. Basically, everyone has densities in their breast tissue. That's a normal thing. Some densities we know we can look at and say there's no problem there. Um, other densities, you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Is something hiding in that? Let's look into it. So whenever we do additional imaging, we do what we call spot views. So that's a smaller paddle that's only compressing that one area. Generally, the area will spread out a little bit differently, and the doctor can see the um, see the edges of it, see the the density itself a little bit better, and then they can tell whether it's suspicious or not. Um, so then if you've had your mammogram before, every year the radiologist is going to look back at your previous mammograms. So they look for anything new or anything changing with your breast tissue. So say you have your mammogram every single year and then, and then this year you have it and they see an area that's never been there before, we're going to work that up. We're going to do additional imaging um, and then if, if worst case scenario and it is a breast cancer, then we've caught it very early. Um, we've caught it within the first year. And so that's why it's so important to have your mammogram every year because we catch things super early that way. You talk about breast density and, and a lot of women listening may have been told, I have dense breasts. What does that mean? So your breasts are made up of, of um, bre like dense breast tissue and fatty breast tissue. Mm -hmm. So a fatty breast tissue on a mammogram, you can see right through it. It's real grayed out. It's, you know, you, you, nothing hides in it. If there's something in that tissue, it pops out at you. Mm -hmm. Where a dense tissue on a mammogram kind of looks um, like a bright white, like a cloud in the sky. Um, and you can't always see through it. So whenever you have dense breast tissue, there's a higher risk of missing a breast cancer okay. only because you can't ne you necessarily can't see through that which again 3D makes it a lot easier because with a 3D image you're not just shooting straight down through that through that um, breast tissue you're doing little slices through the breast tissue and then the doctor is able to kind of scroll up and down and look on the top of it on the bottom of it and kind of look through the area so um, we can see through densities much better on, on the 3D. In terms of breast density, I understand that we have a new software available that kind of helps the doctor analyze breast, that dense breast tissue easier. So um, the software that we have actually goes on our machine and it um, determines, it kind of helps the doctor determine the density of the breast because it kind of measures the volume of the breast as well as just looking at what the breast tissue is. Um, and then along with that is, um, it's a new Tyracusic score. Tyracusic has been around a long time, but we are now um, reporting that to patients. And this new software that helps with the density of the breast goes along with giving us a more accurate Tyracusic score. It's an algorithm that is, um, uses the patient's history, their hormone history, their gynecological history, 
and then their family history of ovarian or breast cancer along with their density of their breast and it determines a score, a percentage. Anything above a 20% gives the patient a little bit higher risk of developing breast cancer. Therefore, their provider is being told that they have this higher risk, the patient's being told that they have the higher risk, and then it's up to the provider and the patient to discuss whether they feel like they would would like to have a breast MRI, which is another screening option to find breast cancer. Let's get back to your role as navigator, and I want to ask this question. So when you get that phone call about, you know, there's something not right with your mammogram, that's obviously nerve-wracking for women. What are some of the things that you say to them to help calm their nerves? Um, I basically try to explain it very well. Um, Try to explain to them that generally, I mean, we have people get called back every day for additional imaging. Not all of those turn out to be breast cancer. So I try and ease their mind a little bit. Some of them have been called back before. Some of them have, you know, if you have a dense breast tissue that you've probably over the years been called back at least a couple times. So they know, oh, it's no big deal and they don't worry about it. They schedule out a week and it's fine. And then I have some that are, you know, one in that particular day, they want in right now. And if we don't have an opening, you know, we can't do that. So it's kind of calming their fears, explaining everything and just re assuring them that this does not mean you have breast cancer because we need to do additional imaging. But it's nice that you do try and get all of that taken care of in one visit so you're not, the, the waiting is, is terrible. Right, right. I understand that. And we generally get patients back in the same week, if not the next day. I mean, we almost always can get them in within a day or two to come back if their schedule allows. Um, and that helps too. It just puts their mind at ease. And, and we hear so often from patients, you know, when they come in, they do their mammogram and then they do their ultrasound. And then we say, we really need to do a biopsy. Would you like to do it today? Of course they want to do it. They want to get it over with. They don't want to go home and think about it and worry about it and then come back for the, for the ultrasound. So we really, you know, it's wonderful that we can offer that and do that for them. Thank you, Cindy. Next, we're talking to Joshua Garrett, radiologist, about breast biopsies and how they can help determine whether a lump is cancerous or benign. Dr. Garrett, thanks for talking with us this morning. I know you got a busy day ahead of you, so we're going to get right to it. Um, Just tell us a little bit about your role as a radiologist. What do you actually do? We interpret images mainly. Um, We have technologists um, in the hospital and in clinics all around the Coles County and the surrounding counties, and for the most part, they take pictures of you in some way, ultrasound, a mammogram, an x-ray, a CAT scan, and we interpret those images. We take the clinical information, we take the information given on the image, and we come up with a, an impression or a diagnosis that we think is there. Uh, a lot of times we, we hope for no diagnosis, we hope that it's, that it's nothing, that it's a negative exam, but um, we try and take all that information that, on the image and that's presented to us clinically and give the clinicians what we feel is going on based on those images. So we're talking about mammograms. How small can a mammogram, how small of an object can a mammogram actually detect? As small as four or five millimeters if we're talking about a mass or a nodule. Um, Also there are things called calcifications which mammograms can see and they can see calcifications that are one millimeter if it's calcified. So very small little objects. And so something that small, you're not going to be able to feel. No, you would have to have a pretty good tactile sensation to feel a four millimeter nodule in a breast. So there's no way you'd be able to feel that. So as a radiologist, when you're looking at a mammogram, what kind of, and I don't know if structures is the right word or anomalies on a mammogram would warrant a closer look. Calcifications are one thing. 
um, anything that looks like a mass or a nodule. And sometimes there's just irregular tissue. Sometimes it doesn't even quite look fully like a mass or a specific nodule, but it just looks irregular. That's why getting comparisons, that's why getting a mammogram every year is so important because sometimes what we do every time is we look at your current mammogram and compare it to the prior mammogram. And sometimes if things just look different, we do extra pictures and then realize there's something underneath there. Another thing that you do is the biopsy. Um, when does uh, a woman need to have something biopsy? What warrants that? When we see something on a mammogram um, that we have confirmed on further mammogram images is either new or looks like a mass or a nodule or calcifications that are suspicious looking. Most of the time we go to ultrasound as well and find it on ultrasound. Occasionally we can't find it on ultrasound but we still trust the mammogram images so we can at that point either do an ultrasound guided biopsy or a mammogram guided biopsy. But it's basically um, suspicious calcifications, a mass or a nodule or the big three. Walk us through the process of what uh, a, a lady can expect if she needs that biopsy. It sounds a little scary. Yeah, it sounds scary to them and, and the overwhelming majority of people leave and say that was not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Probably 19 out of 20, if not 29 out of 30. Um, the, the worst part of the, of the biopsy for them is the numbing medication. So we numb up the skin and we numb up the tissue around the area we're taking the biopsy. That's about 20, 25 seconds at the most of pretty intense burning, but it goes away pretty fast. And that's pretty much it for them. Other than that, they don't really know what we're doing. They can't feel anything. We make a very small incision in the skin where we numbed up their skin, put the needle through that numb track and take a couple samples and they're out of there. So the, it's really very easy. They just have to lay on their back or, or sit up in a mammogram machine if, it's, if we're doing it that way and kind of just hold still. The numbing is the worst part, but, but really it's like, can you count to 20 and then it's pretty much gone. Okay, so it's really, it's really quick. Yeah, and it goes, goes numb very fast, mm -hmm. so. And then what's the process then that tissue goes to pathology and they look at it? Correct, yeah, we send it to pathology and right now, typically if we get a sample to them before three o'clock, we have results the next day. So typically by noon or one o'clock the next day, we have pathology results so we, the clinicians know if it's something that was benign or if it's something that was cancer or pre-cancer that needs to be uh, further worked up. So that turnaround time, I'm guessing, has gotten better over the years. We've had that here um, for 12 or 13 years now. So when I came here in 2008, we started doing same-day biopsies. Um, so July of 2008, that next month, we started doing same-day biopsies. So if you have something that we think is suspicious, we biopsy you that day and get results the next day, typically. I and mean, we've been doing that for, well, 12 years. As we wrap up your section, just give us a, a little plug for the importance of getting annual mammograms. I, we can't, I can't over, I can't stress it enough. Um, we have so many people um, that we find things on screening mammograms that probably months or years before you would ever feel something, and that's that literally can be the difference between saving your life. Um, you don't want to be someone that hasn't been getting your mammograms and finds a a good sized lump and then it's already gone to your lymph nodes or gone to somewhere else in your body. Um, screening mammogram doesn't, getting screening mammograms every year doesn't make that impossible to happen, but it makes it much less likely. You're much more likely to catch something before it's spread, before it's gotten 
so big that it's harder to treat. And so it's, it's really important. It's a quick, easy test that your insurance covers. It's like, there's just almost no reason to, there is no reason to not get a screening mammogram every year. Thank you, Dr. Garrett. Next, we're headed over to the Regional Cancer Center to talk with registered nurse Jane Weaver. Like Cindy Beasley, Jane is also a patient navigator. She works with all cancer patients and helps them understand their diagnosis, treatment plan, and services available. Jane, thanks for taking time to visit with us today. Appreciate it. At what point does a patient come and see you? Once they have um, seen the radiologist and got that part of their visit done, we set up a consult over here with one of our doctors. And at that time, um, they go through the findings with them and explain all the options and everything that way. At that point, I can either be called into the room with them at that time, or I would see them when they have decided which type of treatment they want to pursue. And then I see them in the patient and education for the first time. So with cancer, there is a lot of education. This is, can be a complex, long process, right? Yes, they learn throughout the whole series of um, their treatments and all. They're continually learning. What are the most common questions that our breast cancer patients have when they see you? They don't understand, you know, a lot of it's, you know, why me? Why did this happen to me? And at that point, um, cancer has no discrimination. It just goes, attacks it, whoever it wants. But with our breast cancer patients, um, we will talk, you know, we talk to them about lapectomies versus mastectomies or what they would like to do that way, radiation and the chemos. And um, our team here, the nurses talk to them about the treatment itself, what chemos they would be receiving if that's the route they choose. And then um, I talk to them about the whole cancer center journey basically. Uh, we have a notebook and stuff set up that I go through with them and explain how that works and it, it has everything from a med list to um, there is a history section so that we can put down the date of the diagnosis and the biopsies and everything so that if they're out traveling with their family to um, see another family that's out of our area, they can take that notebook with them if they need to see a doctor and that doctor can see some of the things that are going on. What are some of the services that we offer here at the Regional Cancer Center that are kind of unique to our center for cancer patients? Um, here we have, well, the Navigator, which is more new at this point and it's evolving every each and every day. We also have a survivor strengthening wellness uh, program in which our doctors um, sign a little certificate thing saying that they would benefit from this and they can go to our wellness center in the gym over there and work with a trainer um, three times a week for up to three months to get their strength built back up and uh, get their mobility where they drip 
they're doing much better. So for cancer patients and breast cancer patients comes with a lot of challenges, obviously, hair loss being one of them. And I understand that is something that you help patients deal with, like if they need a, a wig or something like that. Uh, yes, if they are on a treatment in which they would lose their hair, uh, we have, they, they have to have a script from the doctor for a quote, a prosthesis, which people don't think of wigs being a prosthesis, um, but we get a um, script for that and get them sent to whichever area they would like to go to. Uh, the closest one is probably up at Champaign that they go to. And then we also, uh, the local salons also have wigs in which they will work with the cancer patients also and cut them into styles that they are normal to them or they can try something new. Mm -hmm. For breast cancer patients who've had a mastectomy, what kind of support and advice would you offer or can you offer? Okay, here with the prosthesis and all, we can, uh, again, for the mastectomies and they want the prosthesis that would fit into their bra, they would also, um, champagne is the closest and we can give them a script in which they can go up and pick out what they like if that's what they truly want to do. And then some of our patients have really enjoyed what our volunteer services do here called the knitted knockers. They are very lightweight and that's one thing that our patients like is they're not sweaty, they're not heavy, they're nice and lightweight, um, they're free for them so they can try them, see if they like them and they can always get more if they want to. Uh, they have the option that they can go swimming with them and feel good in their swimsuit. And then when they're getting done swimming, you know, they just have an extra set and can change them out. But I've had people come back after they do it and they love them because they are lightweight. They're not heavy um, and, you know, and pull on their shoulders because they're and it doesn't bother their incision lines when they're still kind of tender and all but it makes them feel good because they look more like their cells. Mm -hmm. Jane, as a patient navigator and an RN, talk about the importance of your role for these cancer patients in the journey that they're on. Well, being the navigator, I try to meet all the patients to get a feel on um, what they need, what help they need in what areas, uh, we, I can assist in transportation areas, getting them rides to and from um, the cancer center here that the, that's paid for by the state that will help them out because they, everybody doesn't have a family member that can bring them all the time. Uh, we also, if they are struggling many-wise, you know, help them get in contact with the food banks and things that way. And then also just the general support for someone who is going through cancer. Um, there are times if it's appropriate and I feel like it would be a benefit to them, I will tell them about my story because I am a cancer survivor. So they go, oh, so you know what I'm going through. So sometimes just being able to relate to somebody else that's been through it has been a big benefit. Um, then also I work closely with the doctors on uh, if they need or have questions about 
pain control and all because I used to be a palliative care nurse and also a hospice nurse. So uh, sometimes they look at me for some of that. Then we also have programs in the community, like I can get them hooked up with the National Cancer Society uh, for assistance. If they need help at home, try to give them uh, agencies and stuff that could benefit them to help them take care of their loved one at home or, you know, be an assistance, that, whether it be housekeeping or cooking or whatever. Um, so you get to kind of be a jack of all trades, but it's very fulfilling to know that when you can help someone get through their journey and see them, you know, at the end of the journey look so much better and be at peace and everything. Thank you for listening to Health Styles presented by Sarah Bush Lincoln. I'm your host, Lori Banks. For more information about the Women's Imaging Center, the Mobile Mammography Unit, or the Regional Cancer Center, please visit our website at sarahbush.org. Be sure to get notified of new podcasts by subscribing to our show on your favorite podcast platform. Of course, you can always listen to our shows on our website at sarahbush.org slash podcasts.